youtube.com slash mayhew mayhem. That's youtube.com slash m-a-y-h-e-w-m-a-y-h-e-m. Hello and welcome to another episode of 30 Minutes of Mayhem. I am your host, my name is Michael Mayhew, and I am here with my co-hosts. Sup everybody, it's me Greg. We are once again joined by the guy who can't ever fucking commit to anything because he's a piece of shit. I'm James. 30 Minutes of Mayhem is available on YouTube, iTunes, Android, Stitcher, and Spreaker. To do is search Mayhew Mayhem, that's M-A-Y-H-E-W-M-A-Y-H-E-M, and make sure to rate us five stars. Also, you can help us afford to continue doing this show by donating to 30 Minutes of Mayhem via PayPal. Just use the email address in the description, 30minutesofmayhem at gmail.com. So as I said, welcome to 30 Minutes of Mayhem, the podcast your mother can be ashamed of. And tell me, Greg, why is this the podcast your mother can be ashamed of? Because apparently you're related to a guy who can't ever follow up on his commitments. Well, to be fair, so are you. Oh, that's true. But that oh, is exactly true. correct. For this episode, we have another musical guest. Well, technically, I guess our only other musical guest because others have either canceled last minute or just uh, not shown up. So our second musical guest ever is the drummer of Astream's Fade, Tony. What's up? I've given you many opportunities to uh, come on the show before and finally got you on, so that's pretty exciting for me. Yay! Yes, sir. But before we interview you about uh, music and, and whatnot, uh, a little quick story. One of my ex-girlfriends and I, um, I'm just going to cut to the chase. I cream pied her I don't even know how many times, and nothing ever happened. So for the longest extent of time, I thought that I might be sterile. That maybe <laughs> that maybe my seed didn't, you know, uh, work properly or whatever. Maybe that I was shooting blanks. And then many years after worrying about disability, I found out it was actually her that's more or less sterile. So I'm like, yay me, I may not be sterile. I, I don't know whether I am or not, but, uh, you know, if you believe in a god... If I'm sterile too, that would be more evidence that God exists. <laughs> so that, ladies and gentlemen, is another reason why this is the podcast your mother can be ashamed of. Because well, you were happy man. when you found out somebody you used to date was you. Yeah, right. Man, I mean, you know, like an asshole, <laughs> Mike. Woohoo! At least you're sterile. Fuck you. Oh. Wouldn't you Better feel the... you than me, bitch? No, no, yeah, I'd, I'd probably do the same thing. I'd probably be like, oh, sweet. <laughs> oh, thank you, God. <laughs> You'd be so happy it's not you. You don't give a fuck who else is. You're like, well, at least it's not me. I can still spread my genes. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, Christ. As I'm sure you could possibly tell, Tony is sick, so if he does a lot of coughing, sniffing, and his voice sounds weird, then uh, that's why. So, a lot of these questions here are going to be uh, questions that are just basic and, and a little bit of boring questions. So, as I stated, you're the drummer of As Dreams Fade. Now, what would you say are your biggest influences when it comes to music, like, uh, band-wise? Band-wise? Yeah. Um, I'd have to say Slipknot, they're the first, like, metal band I ever got into. And then Cannibal Corpse, of course, they're, you know, they're my favorite band, and they got me into death metal, and... And also, I was a huge Metallica of high school, so they played a little bit on that, too. So, mostly those three bands played a lot into that, uh, influenced me to start playing drums and shit. 
Fair enough. And I know that you, uh, well, you played snare in high school, right? And then you evolved yes. in, into uh, the full kit. That is correct. I can definitely hear the Slipknot and Campbell Corpse influences in your drumming. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate that. I mean, that's that's some pretty kick-ass shit that you do on uh, the drums, man. I'm very impressed. Well, thank you, Gregory. <laughs> hey, I just say it like it is, man. I appreciate I that, man. I don't really hear much Metallica influence because, you know, your beats change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> let's, okay, to be fair, they used to change in Metallica, but then for whatever reason, Lars decided he only was ever going to use the snare, the bass drums, and maybe, like, the hi-hats and maybe the crash cymbal every now and then. Like, I don't even know why he has other drums on his drum kit anymore. <laughs> Well, he has to play those old songs when they play uh, when they play shows. He so. also has ads in there that don't belong there. So to be fair to Lars, ACDC has the same drum beat in every single song, and they're one of the biggest bands of all time. That that is that's true. To be fair though, that's always how they've sounded. Whereas Metallica, they had like actually dynamic drum beats, and then it's just like Lars is like, that's too much hard work. I'm just going to play <laughs> the same drum beat over and over again, because it's like, who gives a fuck? I'm rich already. I uh, yes, no. Napster and fucking made milk. <laughs> Apparently, I had got on Facebook one day, and they have that new thing where it like lists a bunch of little headlines and that. I didn't read the full thing, but what I did read was that it said that Lars Ulrich recently came out and he said he basically confirmed there really are no bass tracks in in Justice for All. Apparently, they were they were recorded by Jason Newstead, but Lars Ulrich, Lars himself, just Lars, had the producer delete them at the last second because he didn't <laughs> think having another bassist in the band that soon was respectful to Cliff. My opinion, though, <laughs> Lars never wanted Jason to be in the band. Apparently, Lars had never wanted. Uh, uh, Jason to be in the band. I can't remember who it was he wanted to be in the band, but Kirk and James wanted Jason to be in the band. So I think he just threw a bitch fit and had them delete the uh, bass tracks off of the album. And then for the longest time claimed, oh no, they're still there. They just got mixed back because... That's what we wanted to do. And Mike and I began texting each other last night while I was at work talking about how much of a piece of shit Lars Ulrich was. And <laughs> then I... I whipped out, I said, we were born into the universe where it was Cliff who won that coin toss and not Lars. Basically stating that Lars should have been dead, not Cliff. Oh, man. I mean, let's face it. <laughs> if they, uh, Cliff was an amazing bassist. I mean, if he had continued living on, I mean, that would have been amazing for their music. And I mean, they could have easily picked a drummer who wouldn't have crapped out on them after like two more albums after that and just like gotten really lazy and full. So, I mean, you know, when it really comes down to it, we ended up short end of the stick getting the guy who was a decent human being and really talented ended up dead. And the guy was a complete self-centered piece of shit who stopped like actually working for the music and became a greedy bastard lived. It's <laughs> fucking dark, man. <laughs> That's I'm, fucking sick. <laughs> hey, what can I say? I'm a fucked up person. All right. So this next question is: What artists do you listen to that you oh. consider your guiltiest pleasure? Oh man, fuck man. Honestly, probably Rick Ross, man. To be honest with you, I'm surprised you didn't say MC Chris. No, nah, man. No, dude, that's not a guilty pleasure. That's like yeah, one of those all. things where it's like, 
No, nah, man, I fucking wear that shit with pride. I love exactly. that story. Rick Ross, on the other hand, I mean, like, definitely probably, like, my guiltiest pleasure of listening to. Because, like, I only listen to it when I'm alone. <laughs> Somebody else gets in the car, I'm like, I gotta turn on some heavy metal or something. Because <laughs> I have a reputation to uphold. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, I enjoy Rick Ross's uh, Port of Miami album. Everything he's did after that, once he became, huh, I can't even do it. <laughs> Sound like a fucking kung fu movie. I can't even do his fucking. Can't up. even take him seriously. I mean, him rapping about being this hardcore dealer, and it's like, dude, you were a fucking parole officer back in the day. You weren't hardcore at all. <laughs> so, oh man, that's the industry for you. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And I've I've said many times before on on the show what the industry does to people. I I like his Port of Miami album, so I can't really hate on you that much about that. But <laughs> the fact that you change it when somebody gets in the car is fucking hilarious. I don't even want you guys to know who my guilty pleasure. Guys. Come on, we're all we're all sharing personal information here. Artists who I consider guilty pleasure are Limbiskit. Want... So, <laughs> yeah, you... guilty pleasure. I know it's like. Do you take them to the Matthews know, Bridge, I'm, I'm or do you break stuff? I prefer to break stuff. I prefer to break stuff. Like, the Guilty Pleasure album of theirs that I picked was Significant Other. Yeah, it was their best album, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But, you yeah, know, I, can, I can agree with that. We all uh, grow, live, and learn that um, a lot of stuff that we listened to when we were younger was fucking... But... Oh, yeah. No, there's yep. tons of stuff I listened to when I was younger that I was like, why did I ever fucking like this? Like, Good Charlotte. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was never, never into good Charlotte. Let's, uh, let's move on to this next question. What is your weirdest or worst show experience? Not the show per se, but something that happened during the show that made it uh, something funny or, or shitty or whatever. Oh Not- man, hands down, we played on the Predator and fucking I forgot how fucking Silent Fight went in the beginning of the fucking song. That was definitely the worst fucking moment. Of like any show I've ever played, that was just like I cannot believe I forgot how to play a fucking song I played a hundred times that I wrote every drum part to, and I completely fucking forgot how it went. <laughs> that was fucking horrible. The rest of the set was pretty decent, but uh, just that one fucking song, man. I feel like I ruined the whole set just by <laughs> fucking that one song up. You should have just th- just started playing a fucking Lars beat, man. <laughs> <laughs> when I was still in, remember when um. Because Jeff uh, Stevens was still playing guitar at the point in time, and uh, we were playing Uprising, and we were coming out of the interlude into the ending of the song, the outro of the song. Everyone switched to the next part, (laughs) except for Jeff Stevens. I I look back at Tony because I thought, like, I fucked up. I look back at Tony, and Tony's looking at me, giving me this look like, what the fuck is going on? Am I fucking up? And I'm giving him this look like, I'm following you, bro, and we're we're right. And then I hear Ron, and I hear that he's right that with Tony and I, and Jeff Stevens just keeps playing the previous part. <laughs> and he just keeps playing it. And he keeps playing it. And he keeps playing it. And I'm like, he's never going to quit playing this fucking one part. He had to have played that part like 64 fucking times. Oh, my God. And like everyone else is trying to move part. Cody's trying. Uh, he's a vocalist at the time. He's trying to do the vocals to the next part, and he realizes something's wrong to the point to where everyone's like looking at Stevens because we figured it out. We're like, quit playing that fucking part. But of course, <laughs> no one in the uh, no one in the audience knew. But it happened so fast. There's actually a video of that too. It never. It's not on the internet. But and it felt like when playing, it felt like it was like 
fucking an hour long of just that happening. Like, time slowed down. Well, yeah, when you oh, fuck man. up in front of people, like, that's embarrassing. And it's like everything just seems to go into slow motion and it just never seems to end. Yeah, and you're just like, kill me now. <laughs> Next question here. What do you think sets Anstream's fate apart from every other band, not just locally, but period? I think um, we don't do like a lot of the same stuff that all the other bands are doing today. Like, you know, like every band wants to add bass drops into their fucking music. You know, we haven't really done that. Maybe the new song has one on there. I'm not too sure. But you know, that was something we really haven't aimed for. You know, like I really like how we kind of have a heavy death metal influence in our music, especially on the drums, especially in the Valley. It just doesn't seem like anybody around here plays that style of music. You know, you got United by hate and fucking uh, post mortal possession. You know, those are death metal bands, but I think what we're doing right now is a lot different than what, especially everybody locally is doing. I, I would agree with that. And I, and, Same here. and I would also say what young said, it's hard to like throw you guys into like any specific genre because there's so many different influences coming in from other genres too boil it down to one genre or one subgenre. True. And the the progression that the band has made and the different, uh, just the, how all the different styles coming into it, it's hard to boil it down into one genre, but it sounds cohesive. It's not just like a, a fuck fest of Yeah, it's, it's not like fucking a bunch yeah. of noise going on at once. Yeah, it's it's done coherently, of course, because, well, you know, Ron knows what he's doing, you know, with all the music education that he has. Right, right. Last time when Jeff Young was on, you guys didn't have a Twitter, but you do now, with the handle being at Astream's Fade. And you're currently working on a full-length album? Yes. That's uh, that's pretty exciting. The EP was really good as far as... Oh my god, this, yes. That was you. amazing. This, Thank this, you. This full length is a huge transformation from that EP, from the, uh, the songs I've heard from it. So it's sounding like it's going to be really, really good. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be excellent, man. Once we get it done, I, I can't wait for people to hear the new songs, man. It's a lot more intense than the than the than the EP we put out. But you guys have significantly improved your musicianship, like since the EP. Like this is, I can I personally cannot wait for this album because it sounds like it is going to be heavy as fuck. <laughs> Thanks, man. So you could check out everything from Adstream's Fade on their Facebook, which is uh, Adstream's Fade Official. They also have YouTube and, you know, Bandcamp and all that stuff. I'm pretty sure by the same uh, Adstream's Fade Official on all that stuff. I'm not sure, but you can go to Facebook and get all the links to everything from there at, uh, you know, facebook.com slash Adstream's Fade Official. For this next topic, Tony and I are going to uh, together tell a story. We were hoping to have uh, Jeff Young on to help us tell this story, but uh, he wasn't able to join us. So, as streams fade, when they have shows, take multiple vehicles to shows. And, you know, that eats up a lot of gas, so they decide the common sense thing when you're a band is that you need to buy a van, right? You need to have a van, put all your shit in one vehicle, have enough room for all the people <laughs> in one vehicle, and then, you know, you can just go to the show that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a vehicle gets found online down by Perkersburg, West Virginia, which is like two, two and a half hours away from where we live. So we make this trip down to Parkersburg. The people selling the van look like they're related to each other. So I oh, just thought no, that they were brother and sister. Well, it is West Virginia. You got to think about that, too. True. <laughs> they very well could be brother and sister. Turns out that husband and wife 
So no big surprise Ooh. there, I guess, with uh, with West Virginia. <laughs> True that. When I say that these people looked like drug addicts, <laughs> look like heroin was their breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I don't feel like I'm exaggerating. Would you agree with that? I uh, would definitely agree with that. Um, I'm just going to add, before we even seen these people, I thought they would be like these nice little old people. Oh, we got this 19, like, 1984 fucking van, and it's in good condition, and this and that, and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm thinking these would be some nice little old people, and then they walk out the front door. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> We're about to get murdered and fucking raped. <laughs> in that fucking order. You got pretty bad, and it was for sure like backwoods, like West Virginia. Yeah, it was some scary shit, man. Oh God. Jeff Young could quote it perfectly, but when we got there, the van was like all tore apart, like on the inside. They had to put it back together. Jeff Young was helping the guy. He's like, "Yeah, I got into an accident a few years ago. It kind of messed me up a little bit. Like I'm not retarded, but I'm just a little bit special." And I'm just like, oh, fucking Christ, man. This dude's putting this van back together. So that was like even more sketchy than when we first fucking arrived. I'm going to use that from now on. I'm not retarded. I'm just a little bit special. That's what he said. Uh, the, oh, and that his wife is the other, the other half of his brain. Or yes, yes. <laughs> That's what he fucking said. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, this dude is strung out. He suffered some some sort of accident, and there's a high chance that we're going to get raped and murdered. <laughs> we need to get the fuck out of here. Right. Like, we need to make this happen. Oh, yeah, I was trying to gather as fast as possible, man. So we're dealing with a situation uh, with them, and they both smelled so bad. Oh, God. <laughs> the overwhelming amount of stank coming off of them was just fucking terrible. And just, I, oh, just... Oh, fuck. I'm looking at these people, and they're just bending over backwards to sell this fucking van for, like, what was it, $800? Yeah, something like that. About $800. Oh, my God. And, really? Yeah. Yeah. And they're just, like, bending over backwards to make this fucking sale happen. So I'm a little sketched out about it. Long story short, we get the fuck out of there. As we're leaving, I'm on in the car. Tony and Jeff Young are um, driving the van. Uh, Jeff Young's the one driving, Tony riding shotgun. And I say to Ron, I said, that $800 is going to kill those people. <laughs> they're because, probably dead right now. Because <laughs> they're going to shoot that $800 fucking dollars up their arm. Guaranteed, they're dead by the end of the night. <laughs> and, I mean, I think it was Young that said that he did, uh, he caught some track marks on them. Said that he's seen track marks, but don't yeah. quote on that. We're about halfway home. We're going around this relatively sharp, uh, not quite 90 degree, but pretty close to 90 degree turn to the right. And Ron and I are in the car in front of Jeff Young and Tony in the van. And we're getting ready to go around this turn. And this turn has some bushes in the turn, so you can't like completely see around the turn. Mm. So as we're coming up to this turn, Ron and I being in the front, there's this big, a bigger gentleman walking out in the street so ron has to like go out the other lane to get around to not mow this dude over and i was like what the <laughs> fuck this dude needs to get the fuck out of the road why is he walking in the road and i said i said i hope to god that they fucking see him so that they don't murder this dude in this van <laughs> i'm looking in the rearview mirror 
and I see it happen. Tony, I'll let you take it. Tell me your perspective of what happened. Oh, God. Well, we were, like he said, we went around that turn. I remember seeing that guy. We were just, like, listening to music and talking. And mind but, you, the whole time we're driving to this place, we keep hearing this tinging noise. And I'm just thinking it's bouncing around. We're just listening to some G.G. Allen, and the next thing I know, the fucking tire flies off. <laughs> Oh and God. I remember, like, Jeff, Jeff Young's side of the car dropping so low to the ground, I'm thinking we blew, like, a fucking wheel bearing or an axle fucking broker. I don't know what the fuck happened. So I'm just sitting there fucking laughing my ass off, and he has both hands gripped on the fucking steering wheel and just stone-faced, like, he just fucked his life flashed before his eyes. <laughs> and I'm fucking looking at him just cracking up, and I jump out of the fucking van, I run across the road, and it's like this pet cemetery type fucking road. Oh, God. And I look at the fucking tire, and it's gone. And I look over here, and I see that big guy pushing the fucking tire up the street. <laughs> and by this time, I couldn't hold it together. I was fucking cracking up, and I felt like such an asshole, because they just dropped $800 on this van, but I'm fucking losing my shit. Okay, so we make this this turn, and I'm looking in the side mirror on the passenger side, and I'm saying, I hope they don't fucking hit this guy. <laughs> and I'm looking in the side oh, mirror, just praying that they don't hit this guy. They make the turn, and all of a sudden, there's just this loud-ass boom, like an explosion. And I see the tire separate <laughs> from, the via, uh, from the van. <laughs> and then that side of the van just slaps the road, and there's just sparks shooting fucking everywhere <laughs> and the tire just keeps on going straight and smacks into the, and then finally they get it pulled off the road and i'm out of the car because i'm i'm riding shotgun i'm out of the fucking car and i'm like holy fucking shit tony gets out he's fucking dying when he sees that the wheel is just completely fucking gone and jeff young's still sitting at fucking 10 and 2 <laughs> with a death grip on the fucking wheel just staring straight ahead i'm like oh you are right i don't think jeff young moved for like 20 minutes after that it fucking could stop i think yeah, he just stayed in that place he definitely did so as tony said all of a sudden these people are are uh, higher up the fucking street i run down there and help with that and i don't know like tony said i don't know if it was fate or what or if these people just really really loved nascar <laughs> but they probably in, do love nascar <laughs> in their backyard they have a tire changer <laughs> <laughs> not just like a regular ass shit i'm saying like the tire changer mounted in their backyard to where you strip the tire off of the rim it's the rim and reinflate the tire they have one of those in their backyard then you guys got lucky yeah like what are the chances that those motherfuckers had what exactly what we needed what had happened was the guy I guess didn't tighten down the bolts enough for the tire and it stripped the bolts straight through the rim and it blew the tire off. So I tried to tighten the bolts while strung out on heroin before it happened. I remember thinking, you know, at first I was a bit skeptical, but now I'm kind of like, you know what, this, this, maybe this is going to work out just fucking fine. <laughs> and then that shit flew off and I'm like, I had to fucking think that, didn't I? <laughs> you know what I, mean? I had to fucking think everything was fine. And then, I go shooting fucking off 100 yards down the fucking road. <laughs> it hit somebody's house, too. That's Wow. And we were the talking about, like, Gigi Allen and how fucked up he was and shit. We are listening to fucking Gigi Allen music. And I remember thinking, he's probably behind this shit somehow. <laughs> what the fuck? They're talking about Gigi Allen and then they nearly die. I remember... When I was watching it in the rear view, I thought, like, don't flip. Because I was worried about them flipping the vehicle up on uh, the the its side. Oh, God. Because of how uh, how the, the fucking front tire just dropped down and, yeah. and all the sparks and shit. 
and had Young cut it any weird way, he probably would have rolled it. Yeah, he held his he held it together, man. I, I got I gotta give fucking props to fucking Jeff Young for fucking I don't know, man. Like he drives like a maniac, but I don't know fucking how he handled that like a well mannered way that he fucking didn't flip us over and kill us both. And well, long story short, the uh, for the ending part of it, they replaced the tire, had to get new lug nuts and everything, and then uh, we babied it all the way uh, back home. We sure did. That was an adventure. That <laughs> it was an adventure. Like one. <laughs> right. And then the follow-up to that was they didn't sign the proper part of the um, the title. So, like, the following day or a few days later or whatever, we had to make another trip back down to fucking Parkersburg to get them to sign the proper part Good. of the ship. But luckily, we didn't have to take yeah. the fucking van. So. And there were heroin needles. Back heroin and found needles the dead of a heroin overdose. No, they were actually alive. What, what were you saying, Tony? I said, and there were actually heroin needles in the fucking van. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, there wasn't. <laughs> When it got cleaned out, that's what I heard. There was actual oh fucking my. heroin. <laughs> oh my god. You gotta be fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> you guys aren't even famous yet and you already got crazy ass band stories. Oh my god. So, uh, yeah, so that's the that's the, the van story. Would have been better had had Jeff Young to, ch- to share his perspective of uh, 10 and 2. Right. Uh, I wonder what was going through his mind at the time, because he just kind of sat there. This topic, let's actually bring it down into a discussion. The classic, a book or comic, whichever way you want to take it, is always better than the movie or TV show that's connected to it. How do you feel about this? Do you feel like the book, no matter what, always better than the movies? Or are there any movies that you guys have seen that are actually better than the books? At least 98% of the time, the book is always going to be better than the movie. Because with the movie, you know, typically, you know, a movie runs about an hour and a half to two hours long. Unless you get that one that's like two and a half hours, three hours long, or however long it fucking is. With a book, you know, I feel like you have so much more room to flesh things out. Mm -hmm. When a movie kind of has to rush through it a little bit more, instead of fleshing it, being able to flesh it out more. And so I really think that kind of hurts them, man. The Harry Potter books, for example. You know, every Harry Potter fan are like, oh man, in the book this fucking happened. Yeah. Yeah, But in the movie this didn't happen. Like, well, you gotta think, they probably didn't have time to to do that in the movie with the allotted amount of time they were given to the playtime for the movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do agree with that. I've searched far and wide for to try to, to come up with a, a counter example to this, but more I'm going to talk about TV shows more than movies. The two biggest TV shows on right now are The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I can, yeah, I could agree with that. Now, The Walking Dead, obviously the comic way better than the show. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, definitely. The nice thing about a show is, though, you know you have multiple seasons, even though, like, let's say each episode's only an hour long. They have a lot more time to flesh things out because you're going over a multiple, you know, episodes and seasons time span. So it kind of gives you a little bit more time than an hour and a half to flesh things out. Uh, That's one of the things I was going to say. Like I said, The Walking Dead, comic-wise, way better than than the show. But with Game of Thrones, I know I'm going to take a bunch of shit for this, but with Game of Thrones, I gotta say, I like the show better than the books. The reason why I say this is because with the books, there's so many situations, so many chapters to where I'm like, oh my god, I do not fucking care. (laughs) (laughs) I do not want to read specific characters because I hate those characters or else they don't do anything exciting and I'm just like reading for 10, 15, 20 pages, however long it is. 
some bullshit about some fucking shit that I don't give a fuck about. I'm like, <laughs> let's just get to something better. Let me get to one of the other characters. But I can't just skip over that chapter because it might tie in with one of the other characters. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I do not give a fuck. Or if you're great, you just go, fuck! <laughs> and The Walking Dead does have, in the comic, does have situations like that to where I'm like, oh my god, I do not care. But it has less of those moments than what the the uh, a song of fire and ice or ice and fire whichever the fucking game of thrones books game of thrones <laughs> books it has less situations than those uh of that where i just don't fucking care but with the tv shows if you just compare the walking dead and game of thrones tv shows i'd say the game a game of thrones show better than the walking dead in my personal opinion yeah, I gave up on the Walking Dead TV series because I was like getting too much bullshit that was not in the comic book, and it is slogging down the flow of this show. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of filler uh, filler stuff that has like slowed it down a lot, but the show has taken a better turn in in this uh, this most recent season. Although there is a bunch of shit in there, um, I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be good moving um, forward. Season six forward, I think it's gonna return to. Um, how good it was in like the first and second season. But if you talk about if comparing uh, the Walking Dead and Game, and Game of Thrones again, but you talk about the so- the source of Walking Dead comic book versus the Game of Thrones um, series that's called you know not Game of Thrones. I would say the Walking Dead source material is better than the Game of Thrones source material because as I said, the Walking Dead doesn't have as many oh my god I don't give a fuck moments. And I know I'm going to take a bunch of shit for that, but I would say the only example that I can honestly think of where the movie slash TV show is better than the book is Game of Thrones. It's pretty good. It's worth it's worth watching. James, uh, weigh in here. What do you think? I really uh, read all that many books. Have you ever read a book? Yeah, I've <laughs> read the book. <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm just making sure. Tony, I want to thank you for finally being able to uh, come on. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was a good time. And that's your episode of 30 Minutes of Mayhem. I have been your host. My name is Michael Mayhew, and I have been here with my co-host Greg and James. Don't forget to check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, YouTube, all of those places. And donate to us on PayPal because we could really use the money. And uh, as I said, and that's it for this episode. I hope you have enjoyed it. And later, fellas.